Praise the Lord. Would you turn with me in the scripture this morning to John 13 and 1 John 4. John 13 and 1 John 4. John 13, 1 John 4. If you've been with us on Sunday mornings for the last several, you know with the exception of last Sunday, Father's Day, uh, we've been talking about love, the love of God, and uh, that I've mentioned to you that that is a directive that I have from the Lord about this church. Since we began a little over a year ago, the Lord has spoken some specific things to me. When I say that, I don't necessarily mean, I don't, I don't mean that I heard an audible voice, but very distinctly on the inside of me, the Lord spoke some things to me. And you won't hear me say all the time, the Lord told me this, the Lord said this, the Lord said that. Uh, I think sometimes folk use that phrase too loosely because you can have an impression in your spirit And be right about the impression, but then put a wrong interpretation on it. And and, and then you say, well, the Lord said this. And really, that's what you think he meant. And he didn't actually say that. So we, but there are things that he says that you, you need to say just exactly like he said. And he does talk to us today. But a whole lot of what people say the Lord said, he didn't say. Uh, That was just their own idea about it. But the Lord spoke to my heart, I believe, and and instructed me that I am to teach and lead the congregation here how to love each other. Amen. Number one. And then number two, how to live by faith. You do know that's our motto, don't you? Exceeding faith, abounding love. Won't be long, it'll be on the front of the building. I hadn't forgot about the signs. We just are, you know. How many, th- how many think we shouldn't overextend ourselves on something? We ought to be, you know, this, it's just like your family. I mean, we're a family. And in your family, maybe you, uh, you want to remodel a house, but it's just not the right time. You're not there right now. So that doesn't mean you don't do it. It just means you believe God and stay with it until you're, t- you're there. And you do it at the right time. And maybe you're ready for a new car, but your account's not ready for a new car. (laughs) But you can get there, can't you? And that's the way we are as a family, too. And the Lord's really blessing us. And uh, these things will uh, be done in short order. But uh, the Lord instructed me, teach how to love each other, teach how to live by faith, and teach how to be led by the Spirit. And so we are, we, we, you know, we took Friday nights. If you weren't here on Friday nights, you've, you've missed part of this already because we, for weeks and weeks, we taught on faith. And now we're on healing. Amen. 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 And if at all possible, be with us on Friday night. And uh, so now we've been, we've been teaching for several weeks on love, the love of God. Look with me at our text that we've been using throughout this series, uh, John 13, 1 John 4. And before we read this, let's pray again, release our faith, 
John 13, and we're going to 1 John 4. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. What a privilege it is to have a fine place like this, and fine family like we have. And you are our Lord and God and the Holy Spirit. You've given us to be our teacher and helper, guide, leading us into all truth, bringing to our remembrance everything you've said to us. And our eyes are on you. Give everybody ears open to hear, eyes that see and a heart that receives. Let there come divine grace deposits, truth impartations. Thank you that your truth makes us free. And that as we hear, we are not hearers only, but we're doers. We practice and live what you tell us. And as we do, you are faithful to watch over it. And the profiting of it appears to all. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. How many believe in you're going to get something good this morning? You're not limited to what I know. That's good. The Holy Ghost can say things to you I didn't even say. Didn't even, didn't even come up, but he brought it to you. He's our teacher here this morning. And, you, and if you stay focused and stay awake and stay in faith, you should be enriched before you get out of here this morning. And we won't brag on men. We won't brag on you. We'll give the glory to God. Amen? Because that's exactly how it is. John 13 and 34, Jesus giving us a new commandment. John 13, 34. He said, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Is this important? Are there many things more important than this? This is the New Testament commandment that we do what? Love Love each other. Now, this is not us loving the world. Though we should love the world, God loves the world. This is loving each other, loving your fellow Christians. Amen. Now you see, that's even clearer the further you read here. But he's talking to his disciples, to his followers, and it applies to us equally that we're to love each other. How are we to love each other? At the same way he loved and loves us. Well, then you'd have to know how he loves you before you're ready to, to love each other in the way he's commanded. He said, by this, by what? By us loving each other the way He loves us, by this shall all men know you are my disciples if you have love one to another. Turn to 1 John 4, please. 1 John 4. And verse 16. Verse 16, we have known and believed the love that God has to us. We have known it, experienced it, and we have believed it. The love that God has to us. God is love. He that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. So we've we've talked about that at some length. First of all, we talked about receiving the love of God for yourself. So many times when people start talking about the love of God, they immediately start talking about loving other people. And that is not step one. Did you hear me? That is not step one. How did Jesus tell us to love each other? The way he loves us. Well, what if you haven't believed? 
and haven't received the way he loves you, as millions have not, then you are not in position and ready to love another person. What the Lord tell? What did He say? You know that we are to love our neighbor how? Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, what if you don't love yourself? What if you don't even like you? Well, your neighbor's in trouble, right? You are not in position to love. Such as you have, that's what you give. You can't give what you don't have. You don't have money, you can't give somebody money. If you haven't received the love of God for yourself, you can't minister the love of God to somebody else. So we camped on that. And oh, that's a place that you couldn't spend too much time is understanding, believing, and receiving the love that God has for you. This love casts out fear. Amen? This love sets you free. when When you believe the love that God has for you, you believe that He loved you so much that He gave Jesus, and Jesus loved you so much that He paid all His precious blood, and He loves you so much that He ever lives to make intercession for you. He sent the Holy Spirit to indwell you. He's gone to prepare a place for you. You're the apple of His eye. There is nothing in all the universe and all time and eternity that is more valuable to Him than us. We're it. I mean, heaven and earth going to pass away. But His Word remains and His Word clearly and plainly and boldly declares He loves us. It helped you to just go around saying, He loves me. Everybody said out loud, He loves me. He really loves me. me. Amen. You, you, You must believe that. And you must receive. And when you receive the love of God, like the scripture says here in just a minute we'll read, it pushes fear out of you. And it pushes insecurity out of you. Did you hear me? And you begin to be confident. And you begin to be stable. You begin to be secure. So much of the fronts that people put on, so much of the stuff they go through and do is because they don't sense within themselves that they're valuable. That they don't sense that they belong, that they fit. They, They don't know that they're loved. That'll make you do all kind of stupid stuff. Oh, but when you know, your place in God is secure. He loves you. Even if you blow it bad, He still loves you. He knows everything you've ever done and still loves you. He knows every flaw and every mistake you'll ever make and still really genuinely loves you. That makes you secure. Makes you stable. Say it again. He loves me. God loves me. Amen. Ought to to make you breathe easier. Ought to make you breathe a sigh of relief. (sighs) He loves me. It's going to be okay. I'm going to make it. (laughs) Because he loves me. We talked about that. Then we talked about what is this love? How does this love operate? And we spent a lot of time in 1 Corinthians 13. You remember that? Were you here? We talked about how love acts and what it does and what it doesn't do and how it responds and uh, spent quite a bit of time. You could spend a lot more. But the third thing, third area now 
that I want to get into is us loving God. I I don't know that we've spent uh, a proper time on this part of it. First of all, you need to know God loves you. But then you should love Him. Amen? And it makes a lot of difference how much you love Him. And not everybody does. And not everybody loves Him more than they love their self. Keep reading here. Well, i got to find my place. 1 John 4. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. I told you it makes you secure. Because as He is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Do you love him? Who loved who first? He loved us for he loved us before we knew him. He loved us while we were still his enemy. But he loved us anyway. And we love him. How many in here love God? Hmm? Not ashamed of it either. Don't care who knows. Tell anybody. I love God. I love God. He loves me. And I love Him. The love that God has shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. We love Him with the love He gave us. We praise Him with the breath He gave us. We serve Him with the strength He gave us. We give the money and stuff to Him that He gave us. Amen. But it still blesses Him to receive from us. And it blesses Him for us to love Him back with the love He's loved us with. I said it blesses Him. It does. It truly does. Did you know that God has a soul? Hmm? Two people say yes. <laughs> Did you know that God has a soul? He does. I, I, let me just read some scriptures to you because uh, I, I don't want to take the time. Well, I'm, I'm moving too fast. Can I back up a little bit? Go to 1 Corinthians 8 again. We looked at this previously, but go to it again, please. And Mark 12. I'm going, I'm moving too fast. You ever move too fast? It's the MTF syndrome. It will, it will mess up stuff in your life. Huh? I said the MTF syndrome. What? Moving too fast. Boy, that has uh, caused for, you, you ever messed up something? By moving too fast? You know, people miss it most of the time by moving too fast and talking too much. You you watch and see. If you just slow down and pay attention and be quiet and listen, you wouldn't miss it in some things that you do miss it if you move too fast and talk too much. Just a side thought. Uh... Mark 12 and and also 1 Corinthians 8. Let me read this before we go to this next. I don't want to short you here. 
In uh, Mark 12, one of the scribes was questioning Jesus. And he asked him what the, the greatest commandment was. Remember that? Yeah. Mark 12 and about verse 28. Mark 12, 28. One of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that Jesus had answered them well, he asked him, which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is... Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like namely this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's none other commandment greater than these. This is still true today. This has not been modified. This is the greatest commandment. Somebody said, well, the, I thought the New Testament command is to love one another as he loved us. It is, but we've already talked about that. How are you going to love them? And you haven't received the love of God. And if you know how much he loves you, you know what one of the most natural responses is? Loving him back. Amen. Amen. The more you realize how much he loves you, it makes you love him more. How many in your walk with the Lord, uh, the more you've realized the goodness of God in your life and the blessings on your life, how he's kept you, how he's paid your bills, healed your body, healed your babies, met met every need, taken care of you. Oh, your love just keeps growing for him. Why? Because all these things are demonstrations and manifestations of His love for us. The Scripture says it is the goodness of God that leads men to repentance and change. What is the goodness of God but the love of God manifested? Is He love? Is He good? Love does good things. Amen? And you know the devil hates this subject? Oh, he hates this subject. Because there is no defense against love. Remember, love never fails. The enemy has no weapon in his arsenal that is effective against love. He cannot stop love. He cannot, you know, cause love to fail on any level. And it's why it's one of the reasons why he's worked so hard to bring such confusion to people about what love is. And it's why love has been so, the word has been so maligned and abused. Love, you know what I'm talking about? This is love and that is love and, and, and I love my car and I love my cat and I love God and I love pizza too. And... Uh, And so much of the world now associates love with sex. And in the 60s, there was this big move about free love. And they're talking about sex. Sex is not love. Now, within the marriage bonds, it should be an expression of love among many other things. But sex in and of itself is not love. And so much of what people call love, being in love 
is not the love of God. You know, people talk about being love sick. <laughs> well, God is love. Does God make you sick? Does the love of God make you sick? <laughs> and, and, you know, you read about people like uh, uh, Amnon who was vexed because he was sick of love for his sister Tamar. He didn't love her. He was full of lust. The, the heart, or, or excuse me, the, yeah, the heart deferred, uh, no, what, what's... Hope deferred, thank you, makes the heart sick. But it goes and talk about when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. So you see what he's talking about was desire. So much of what people call love is desire. Not the love of God. Desire. And people get consumed with desire for somebody and they call that love. I'm head over heels in love. What they mean is I'm head over heels in desire. I want them. It's all I can think about. That's not the love of God. I said that is not the love of God. The love of God uh, will want to do something good for you and love you and bless you when it doesn't even enjoy being around you. When it has no desire to be with you because you're no fun. Love will love you anyway and bless you anyway, even when desire is not there. And here's the wonderful thing. Love produces desire where there is no desire. Love is a person. Amen? Love is not a feeling. Love is an act. Can you say amen? Now, in, uh, keep reading here in, in Mark 12, verse 30 again. He said, you shall love the Lord your God. Is this the greatest commandment? Jesus said it was. Love the Lord your God, how? Not lukewarm. Not halfway. You should love God, how? With all your heart. All your soul. All your mind. All your strength. What? That is, that's everything that's in you. Amen. Spirit, soul, and body. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. Every part of your being, you love God. Do you love God today? Could you get stirred up even more about loving God? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You remember the Lord corrected and rebuked uh, individuals recorded in the book of Revelation because they had left their first love. You're not supposed to just love God immeasurably when you get saved and cool off into reality later on. You're supposed to love God like that and more all your life. Amen. Go go to Matthew real quickly. Let's talk about this a little bit further. I hadn't forgot about 1 Corinthians 8. Matthew 7. Let's back up a few pages. Matthew 7. In Matthew 7 and verse 21. He had ended up verse 20 by saying, By their fruits you'll know them. 
Verse 21, he says, Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many, notice, notice not just a few, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? And in your name, didn't we cast out devils? And in your name, didn't we do many wonderful works? And then will I profess to them, I never knew you. Isn't this interesting? Have you thought about this? People who were doing some things in the earth, they were seeing some results. And yet he says to them, I never knew you. I don't know you. Depart from me. Hold your place right there and and go over to 1 Corinthians 8. How how do you know that he knows you? (laughs) That's what he said. He said, leave me. I don't know you. I don't know who you are. Yeah, but we prophesied in your name. And we did works in the earth. And we cast out spirits. He said, yeah, but I don't know who you are. At 1 Corinthians 8, verse 1, the latter part, we looked at this. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. Love builds up. If any man think he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. Do you understand Christianity is not just about knowledge? And a lot of folk have missed it in this area. I think, well, it's about, it's about knowing the principles of God, knowing the history of Christ, and knowing uh, the definitions of Greek words, and, and knowing the, the definitions of the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. It's not about knowledge. It's about a, a relationship and a fellowship with the Almighty. It's about Him being real to you. You knowing He loves you and you loving Him. And this being real to you in your bedroom and in your bathroom and in your car. Amen? Not about how much you know. Knowledge puffs you up. But love builds up. He goes on to say, If any man, verse 3, are you there? If any man do what? Love God, the same is known of him. So what do we know about these folk that he said, you know, depart from me. I didn't know you. What do we know? They didn't love him. How can people do things in his name and don't love him? It happens. It happens with many. That's not my word. That's his word. Many. There are many people that are interested in the principles of the things of God. They're interested in the principles of faith to get results. They're interested in the principles of prosperity. They're interested in the principles of authority. But they're, they are not in love with God. They don't love Him. This is the thing, friend. It's not how many scriptures you can quote. It's not, it's not your list of accomplishments. Do you love God? 
And when you look at your associations with other people and how much time you spend with them and who you want, you, you should desire to be around, you should look at that criteria very carefully and closely. Amen. Do they really love God? Hmm? Because there are people who quote scriptures and they don't really love God. They know about Him. You, you do understand that there are many, many, many called Christians that are not even born again. They call themselves Christians, but they're not even born again. They don't know Him. And he, he would say, I don't know you. Well, that is something you do not want to hear in that day. I'm not afraid about hearing that, are you? Because <laughs> I know Him. I know He knows me. Ava, oh, Keith, he knows Keith. Does he know you? Yes. Oh, yeah. You ask him about Keith, he knows me. I'm in his face every day. <laughs> How about you? You ought to be in his face every day. Amen? Well, let's go on then. Do, do, are you clear on this fact? This is such an important thing. Many that say things and do things and they know the right talk and even get some results, but they don't, they don't know him. And he's, he would say, I don't know you. Why? Because they don't love him. What did that third verse say? Read it to me again. The third verse, but 1 if Corinthians any man, 8. But if, any man God, if any man love God, what? The same is known of and by God. Do you love God? Yes. Then he knows you. And he'll claim you. Oh, glory. That makes me want to shout. He will claim you on that day. Amen. He will stand up in front of all the masses of humanity and say, this one is mine. Mo, I know Mo, yeah. Mo's my boy. Huh? Keith's my boy. Susie's my girl. Brenda's my girl. Amen? How do you know He knows you? Because I love Him. I love Him. It's got nothing to do with put on or what somebody sees or what somebody thinks. I mean, this is most expressed when people don't see you. But definitely expressed when they do as well. How do you know that you love God? Can I spend a few minutes on that? How do you know you or anybody loves God? Is Can, can you tell? Yeah. Is it evident or is it one of those things that people just have closed down deep in their heart and you can't really tell? Uh, you wouldn't really know. No, it's much more evident than people like to think. If you love God, it will show up. Number one, if you love God, you want to be with God. That's true with anybody. If you love somebody, you want to be with them. Right? You want to be around them. You want to be involved in what they're involved with. Right? What about people that never want to pray? Hmm? Prayer is supposed to be fellowship with God. Not, not some drudgery, not some ritual. How about people who never want to praise God? They're just not excited about it. Well, it's an indicator of a lack of love for God. 
You know, the, I had the opportunity to teach on praise uh, in the Bible school at Ramah. And uh, the summer I was preparing on teaching that, uh, I was, you know, doing everything I could to prepare, looking at all the verses and looking at all the words and, and uh, uh, looking up what they meant and all that kind of thing. And the Lord spoke to me. I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but in, inside me very distinctly, talking about praise, talking about worship, he said, Keith, he said, if you're not enjoying praise, don't assume I'm getting much out of it. I had never thought of that. <laughs> he said, if, if you're not enjoying it, don't assume I'm getting a lot out of it. Well, what, what would you think? You know, if somebody came up to you and, and you could tell they were just making themselves say it. You know, I came up to Dave and said, Dave, you're a good guy. Yeah, I like you. Yeah, you're all right, man. I guess. <laughs> you could tell, he could tell, why, he might say, why are you saying that, man? Well, I, I don't want to get behind on praising you. <laughs> he might think, well, hey, you know, don't do me no favors, man. I mean, <laughs> right? You know, let, let us never in this church, when you come in, and Brother Dave and the folks singing and playing stand up and they start to sing. Never let us endure a song and just stay with it till we get through with it. Because who are we doing it for? Hmm? Well, why do we think he's getting all kind of blessed out of it? We don't even want to sing it. See, people get hung up in religious ruts. Oh, but when it comes out of your heart. Amen. And when, when your heart is agreeing with it and your soul is expressing it, it comes up before him like incense. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And he on his throne takes it in and enjoys it. Hallelujah. Because it's real. It's real. We, we do have something we can give to the giver. We can love him. Amen. People who love God want to be with God, don't they? They want to be with His people. They want to be involved in His things. People that never want to come to church. Why not? If you love God, you want to come to church. Well, I don't enjoy church. Well, you're not doing it right. I don't enjoy praying. You're not doing it right. Hmm? Right? Because when you do it right... Oh, there's life in it. There's joy in it. Listen to these scriptures. Jesus said, Father, I will that those whom you've given me be with me where I am, and that they may behold my glory. Remember, he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And I'm going to come again. I'm going to receive you to myself that where I am, what? There you may be also. Does he love us? How do we know? He wants to be with us. I said he wants to be with us. Forever. That's eternal love, brother. He's fixing us a real nice place right now. Amen. So we can live next door to him. And each other. So we can always be with him. 
That's exactly where I want to be. Rest of my existence. I want to be close to him. Amen. Why? Because there's nobody. There's nothing I love more than him. Nothing nowhere I'd rather be than with him. And around him. And in his things. How many love the anointing? Love the presence of the Lord. Love the peace of God. Oh, hallelujah. You love God. When you love God, you want to be with him. You want to be around him. You want to be with what he, he loves righteousness. He loves his sons and daughters. When you love him, you love his sons and daughters too. You want to be around his kids. You want to be around his people and around his things. If you love God, you love his word. The whole 119th Psalm is David, a man after God's own heart, telling God how much he loves his word. You show me somebody that loves God, I'll show you somebody that loves the Bible. Amen? Amen. Don't make yourself read a little bit now and then. They look forward to reading. Of course, all of us at Faith Life Church, (laughs) we read our chapter. Every day, Monday through Friday. Is that right? Everybody at Faith Life Church. Because everybody at Faith Life Church loves God. If you love God, you love the Bible. You love the Word. You love His people. You love to pray. You enjoy praying. You love to sing praises and worship God. You love His presence. You love His peace. You love God, you want to be with Him. He loves you, He wants to be with you. He's making arrangements right now so you can be with Him forever. Now also, when you love somebody, you want to please them. You don't want to displease them. Right? You don't, when you love somebody, you don't want to hurt them. You want to bless them. Right? People who don't love God have no concern about whether God's pleased with their life or not. Right? Even people who call themselves Christians, if they are just living their life just how they want to, and they have no concern if God is pleased with this or if He's not pleased with it, they don't love God. It's a fact. I didn't say it. He did. Turn to to John 14. Let's read his words. When you love somebody, you don't want to grieve them. You don't want to hurt them. You want to please them. You want to bless them. In John 14... John 14 and verse 20. John 14, 20. At that day you shall know that I'm in the Father and you in me and I in you. He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father and I will love him. And will manifest myself to him. I want to keep reading here in just a minute. But did you know the Father loves you because you love Jesus? Did you know that? 
How do we know we love God? Because we, we do what he says. Right? Why would you do what he says? Well, you could do what the Lord said out of fear of judgment. But that wouldn't please him. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Right? So we must do what he has commanded, what he has asked, what he has said. Because we want to. Because we want to please him. Amen? Amen. We want to please him. In fact, uh, what is it, Romans 14, 23? I believe it's in Amplified. It talks about whatever is done without a sense of its approval by God is sin. Whatever's not of faith, King James says, is sin. Well, is faith linked with pleasing God? Yes. You can't be in faith unless you are convinced that what you're doing is pleasing God. Yes. If you're thinking in your mind, I don't know if the Lord's pleased with this, then it's impossible for you to do that thing in faith. Amen. Oh, but have you ever sensed in your heart that God was pleased with you? That he was pleased with something you did. I know I came back uh, some years ago from Central America. And we had had a great healing meeting there. A lot of good testimonies. A lot of of good miracles. A lot of good things. The Lord had had given us uh, manifestations of his spirit. And supernaturally ministered to some ministers that were going to give up and quit. I didn't know it. But the Lord knew all about it. Restored them and restored some things. And I was flying back on the plane, tired, and uh, I just, I just, you know, I said, thank you, Lord, for all you did there. Thank you. I'm so thankful for all you did. He said, thank you for going. I thought, is that the Lord? Because, <laughs> you know, and this is back to re- believing his love. And receiving his love. Because I'm telling him, Lord, I, I love you and thank you so much. And he said, I love you. And thank you for going. And his presence came and got in the chair with me. <laughs> and I knew he was pleased with me. Oh, glory to God. When the Lord is pleased with you, the sky is bluer. Grass is greener. The birds sound better. Even people look better. Everything looks better when he's pleased with you. Can you please him? Would you know it if he's pleased with you? Yes, you'll have that sense in your spirit. Would you know it if if you've displeased him? Would you know it if you've grieved him? How would you know? You're grieved because he's inside you. You sense that. If you've grieved him, you sense that. Can God be grieved? Can he be hurt? As we use the word. Well, let me read some scriptures to you. I mentioned to you earlier, God has a soul. That's not my opinion. That's the scripture. Let, let me just, don't, don't try to turn to all these, but let me just read some of these to you. The Lord said in Jeremiah 32, he said, I will rejoice over them. Does God rejoice? I will rejoice over them to do them good. I'll plant them in the land assuredly with my whole heart and my whole soul. This is God talking. God said he had a soul. 
Well, we should know that. We're made in his image. Why do you think you have one? I won't won't keep going with it. But do you know that God gets weary? Let me qualify it. I know this sounds strange to somebody. Jeremiah 15, 6. The Lord said to some people, You've gone backward. I am weary with repenting concerning you. For lack of a better word, tired. Now we know he doesn't get tired in the sense of not having strength. But we use that word too, don't we? I'm tired of this. What does that mean? I'm weary of this. Does God get weary of folk not serving him? It, It talks about in Ezekiel 16. He said, you have fretted me in all these things. The Lord said, fretted him. Aggravated him. Agitated him. Does the Lord get angry? Yeah. Yeah. Listen to this. You remember in Genesis 6, after the Lord had made creation and men had got so evil and, you know, the judgment of the flood was upon them. It said in Genesis 6, it repented the Lord. He had made man on earth. It grieved him at his heart. Isn't that interesting language? If you love God, you don't want him grieved with you. Do you? You don't want him saying, I'm weary with messing with Keith. Do you? You don't want him saying, Keith, you fretted me. You're aggravating me. Now God's mercy endures forever. His patience is incredible. And when he says, you've aggravated me, you better hit the floor, buddy. (laughs) Right? You, You better bury your nose up in the carpet and say, God, I've been a fool. Have mercy on me. Please show me how to get right right now. I'm willing to. But are there people and situations that have fretted him, vexed his spirit, grieved his spirit? Listen listen to this. Ezekiel 6. Ezekiel 6, 9. The Lord said, I am broken with their whorish heart which has departed from me. Does God have what we'd call feelings? Do, th- do things get to him sometimes? That doesn't mean he loses control. But are the things that, for lack of a better word, bother him? Can he be, for lack of a better word, hurt? Yeah. And I tell you, the things that have, have wrenched my insides the strongest and, and, and the most are cases where I've realized I grieved him. I displeased him. Oh, man. That ought to make you want to go fall on the floor and fast for three days. I'm serious. And repent before God and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean all everything you've done for me. Forgive me for grieving you. If you love God, you care if you think he's displeased with something in your life. And if you if you come to the the realization that something you are or something you're doing or something you're not doing is grieving him or displeasing him, you will change it if you love God. Right? The Bible talks about, you know, that in the last days it would be perilous times. And among other things, people would be lovers of pleasures 
more than loving God. We see that, don't we? And we're not to be judges, but we're to see to it that we are not that way. Right? We will, we will endure discomfort. We will endure inconvenience rather than grieve Him. And displease Him. And, here, and here's where people really get in trouble. If you, you know, when you're born again... And you're a baby in the Lord. If you do wrong, you know it. You know it immediately right on the inside of you. It grieves you. It bothers you. And that's real to you when you first get saved. And if you'll repent and and, and walk right with the Lord, you'll keep that sensitivity. And you'll grow in that. But so many don't. When they're grieved about something, they override it. They push it aside and they keep doing something even though they know the Lord's not pleased with it. Or they don't do a thing they know the Lord wants them to do, even, even though they know He's displeased. They just keep on doing it. That hardens your heart. That causes you to be, uh, as the Scriptures say, seared, calloused, and unfeeling. You do that year after year after year, and you get very, very dull of hearing. And the Lord can be very displeased with you, and you hardly even realize it. And it's not because he, he, He's wanting you know, making it difficult to get the message is because you have hardened yourself or made yourself dull and insensitive over a period of time. So the smart man or woman, the wise man or woman will never dull their self. When they sense God is displeased about something, they'll get it fixed now. Because you want to keep that sensitivity. You want to stay close to Him. How many understand? If you love God... You will do His commandments. Why? You, you don't want to displease Him. If you, if you thought something displeased Him, you'd quit it. You'd cut it off. You'd stop it. If you thought He wants you to do something, He's not pleased because you're not doing something, you'll start it. You'll do it. Because you love Him. You love Him. And then finally, if you love God, you want to bless Him. Amen. Amen. If you love God... You want to do something that makes him smile, don't you? You want to do something that that gives him pleasure. Can he be pleased? You know, Jesus said in John 8, he said, uh, he that sent me is with me. The Father's not left me alone. I do always those things that please him. Isn't Jesus the perfect example? When, when he was baptized out there in the, in, in the river, you remember the, the heavens opened and the Lord spoke and said, this, this is the one in whom my soul is well pleased. This is my son in whom my soul is well. God has a soul. And can he be well pleased with you? Yes, he can. You know, I remember the, the story of uh, uh, Mary whose brother Lazarus Jesus raised from the dead. And you remember, here they're having a meal at their house. Her brother, who was dead and cold and in the tomb not long ago, is sitting at the table saying, give me some more cornbread. (laughs) Jesus is sitting there saying, I'll have a piece too. And Mary was just overcome with her love for the Lord. How much she loved him. So she began to think, what can I do for him? This is love. Love will cause you to do this. What can I do for him? 
What can I do for him? You want, love wants to bless Amen. the object of its affection and love and care. She said, got it, got it. She went into her bedroom and she had pulled her little secret compartment where she had her valuables and she pulled out, she had a pound box of spikener ointment. You remember that? And this stuff is worth, by today's standard, about 20 grand. Huh? Probably the most valuable, precious thing she could put her hand on. See, when you love yourself more than you love anybody else, you're not going to pull that out. You're going to say, uh, that's my spike nerd. <laughs> if I give that away, then I won't have it anymore. So we'll just put that back into place. Nobody will ever know. Yeah. God knows. You know. Hmm? But she didn't hesitate. She whipped that out. She came and she came and fell down in front of Jesus and she broke that thing. And I mean, didn't didn't care about saving a drop. Just dumped 20 grand. (laughs) Bloop. And, uh, you know, this is not something Jesus can even wear for for a long time. His feet's going to smell really good for, for a day or whatever. But she dumps that. And what's she saying? She's saying, Lord, I love you more than this $20,000. I love you more than... And this is the, the best physical thing I have to express this. God so loved us that He gave Jesus. Amen? Do you love Him? When you love God, you want to bless Him. You want to please Him. Amen? You want to minister to Him, and you'll, you'll, you'll give your life, you'll give your time, you'll give everything that you are with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. You get up in the morning thinking, how can I make God smile? How can I please the Father today? Lord, show me what pleases you. Show me what suits you really good. What do you like? Hmm? And you can will to do His will. I know I'm taking just a minute here, but you, you can will to do His will. If he likes something that you think you don't like, you can will to like it. You can. I started doing that years ago. If I saw something, I thought, I don't like that. And the Lord says, I like that. I go, right. I mean, now that you say that, you like it, I like it. I like it just fine. Your head says, no, you don't say, shut up, head. I said, I like it. Huh? And if there's something I think, oh, man, I like that, Lord. He said, I don't. Right. I mean, now that I look at it again, Lord, I don't even like it either. And your soul, your soul or your body or your unrenewed mind said, I do. I really, you say, shut up. No, you don't. No, you don't. Lord doesn't like it. We don't like it. Right? Why? Because you love him. You love him. You want to know what he likes. You want to please Him. Can you say amen? amen? How many people in here love God this morning? Do you love Him? Can your love increase? Can your love for Him grow? How will it be manifested? Let's go over what we talked about now. How, if you love God more, how will it show up? You'll want to be with Him. 
You want to be in his presence. You want to be in church. You want to be reading your Bible. You want to be praying. You want to be with other Christians. You want to be doing the things of God. Is that right? If you love him more, you'll be, you'll be doing that more. And what else? Oh, you'll be watchful that you don't grieve him. Is that right? You'll be watchful that anything you think that he doesn't like, man, you'll get it out of your life. If it's like cutting your hand off, if it's like pulling your eye out, if you think he doesn't like it, it's got to go. Got to go. And then finally, you'll be blessing him. He's a giver. You're his child. You're a giver. You'll give him your time. You'll give him your thought. You'll give him your stuff. You'll give him your money. And you know one of the biggest things he gets kicks out of? is when you do something for his kids. How many parents do I have in here? Grandparents. Isn't it a fact? If somebody wants to make a friend with you, bless your kid. Is that right? I mean, bless your boy, bless your girl, bless your, uh, you know, grandson or granddaughter. I mean, you wouldn't even have to know them if your grandbaby comes up and they were in trouble. And this man showed up and blessed them and took care of them. They got a new friend and grandpa. Is that right? Oh, God is that way. I said, he said, in as much as you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Well, y'all are such a good bunch. You listen so good. I could just preach and preach and teach and teach. But this is enough for now. Stand up on your feet. <laughs> are we blessed? Oh, we're so blessed. We ought to be so happy. or to be so full of joy. or to be so glad. Pick up your Bible. Let's read one more verse. <laughs> Who said you can't read a scripture after you quit? After you're through. First, Peter. First chapter. First Peter 1. First Peter 1 and verse 8. First Peter 1, 8. Says, whom, talking about the Lord Jesus, whom having not seen, you love. I hadn't seen him. But I will. I don't have to see him. He's real to me. Amen. How many he's real to you? You hadn't seen him, but you love him. Come on, every hand ought to go up. You, you haven't seen him, but you love him. Amen. Amen. Said out loud, I haven't seen you, Lord. I seen you, Lord. But I will. But, I will. but right, now, right now, I love you, I love you. with all my heart, all my, all my soul. All my mind, all my strength. Now what comes next? Read the rest of the verse. What comes next? When you love, we're loving him by faith. We hadn't seen him. We're loving him by faith. What comes next? Huh? In whom though now you see him not yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable. And full of glory. Nothing will make you happier and more full of joy than to be loved and love. Nothing. Nothing will make your joy complete more than it. This is it. This is what makes life worth living. Receiving love and giving love. Oh, hallelujah. Don't let this get away from you today. Don't, don't walk out the door and just slip back into where you were. Live on a higher place rest of the day. Love God more than you did before you came in. 
You can. Amen. Love God more this coming week than you did last week. Love Him more next week. Is that going to affect your life? It's an open door for Him to manifest His love more to you. Praise God. You can be seated if you would. Close your eyes for just a minute. Father, we are so thankful for the great love that you've loved us with. Lord, give us increasing revelation and understanding of this love. That we might live in this love, walk in this love more than we ever have before. Take us from grace to grace and faith to faith and glory to glory in this love. Father, I pray ere ere we conclude the service for any and every person in this place that has never been born again. Any and every man or woman or young person that does not know you. Reveal to them their lost condition. Help them to see they are not okay. Help them to see that the price has already been paid. But trying to be a good person or even joining the church or your name on a roll or shaking a preacher's hand. Even being baptized in water does not in and of itself save you. Jesus said you must be born again. And everyone that has not been, show them powerfully and draw them to yourself Help them to see that they can receive and be whole and clean, born again today. I pray also for those we call backsliders, Lord, people who have been born again. They have known you and walked with you. But for whatever reasons, they got their eyes on sin and wrongdoing in the world. And they've gotten back into things you even delivered them from. They've been living an ungodly lifestyle. They're not right with you. They're cold. They're far off. They're not ready to meet you today. Everyone in this condition, reveal to them where they are and how far off they are, how cold they are. Draw them back to yourself, I pray. Help them to realize you love them still in spite of their mistakes. And you'll forgive them, you'll cleanse them. It can be better than it ever was if they just come back. But they must come back. Draw them, I pray, right now in Jesus' name. With eyes closed, nobody looking around. Friend, if I'm praying for you and God's dealing with your heart, He's dealing with you right now. And you know you need to make a move. You need to respond. Would you please lift your hand and say, Brother Keith, pray for me. I need to give my heart to the Lord. Yes. Would you please lift your hand and say, Brother Keith, I need to come back to the Lord. That's me. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. Let us pray for you. No need in waiting another minute in this condition when you could leave full of the love of God, knowing He's pleased with you, knowing you're saved, knowing if you died this evening, you'd go straight to be with Jesus. If you don't know that you know that you are saved and right with God, your hand ought to come up. Let us pray with you, minister to you. Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you. Others that should join these. If uh, God's dealing with you, you're not sure about your salvation, or you know you haven't been living right at all, you, you, you're off, lift up your hand. Let us pray for you. Get back to God this morning. There will not be a better time. Come home. Come back. Come to the Lord. All right, we're going to pray for these. Here's something else. So you might say, Brother Keith, I'm a Christian, but I've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. Haven't experienced this anointing and power coming on me to be a, a powerful witness. I haven't experienced speaking with tongues, communing with God in a heavenly language like I hear of others doing. Friend, this belongs to every believer. No matter what you may have heard, this belongs to every Christian. 
And you do need this power. I say that word advisedly. You need this endowment and anointing because you are lacking without it. If you say, Brother Keith, I believe that I want to be filled to overflowing. The same spirit you're born of can fill you to overflowing. You say, I want this, Brother Keith. I want to be filled. I want this power. I want to be able to commune with God in tongues. Lift up your hand. We'll pray for you. Real simple. If you're a Christian, you haven't had this experience, uh, there'll not be a better time than right now. I was a Christian for years who didn't speak with tongues, thoroughly saved, but now I've been a Christian for many more years who does speak with tongues. With is much better. Yes. As I look one more time, and you should respond on any invitation, lift up your hand, let us pray for you. Receive and be complete and be fulfilled before you leave today. When Jesus was here, he said, If you're ashamed of me and my words before men, I'll be ashamed of you before the Father. Paul said, If we deny him, he'll deny us. Very strong words. But he also said, If you'll confess me before men, I will confess you before the Father. So it does make a big difference. You can't be a closet Christian. You don't want anybody to see or know. You've got to be willing to stand up. Here and now, in front of people, stand up at the job, at school, at home. Don't care who sees or knows that you're a Christian. You claim him in front of men. He said, I'll claim you in front of the Father. So because of that, if you lifted your hand on any invitation, or you should have lifted your hand, I want you to be bold and unashamed. And right now, stand up on your feet, please. Stand up. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Stand up. If you lifted your hand, or you should have, please, stand up right now to give your heart to the Lord, to come back home to the Lord. To come get filled with the Spirit. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. Every one of us that have received the Lord had to respond somewhere, sometime, just like this. If you don't know that you know that you are born again and you're right with God and you've been filled with the Spirit, you ought to be up, up, standing on your feet right now. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Those of you standing, would you open your eyes and look at me? I'm so glad you're not embarrassed. I'm so glad you're not ashamed. Be bolder yet. Find the aisle. March right down here in the front. Meet me face to face. Let me pray with you. Let us believe God with you. Come as they sing. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, we bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come right on. Come stand here in the front. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Guys, mushers, bring them over here. Oh, thank you, Lord. So glad y'all have come. So glad you've come. Hallelujah. Glad you've come. Glad you've come. Hallelujah. Glad you're here. Oh, you shall reap. So glad you come. You'll not be disappointed. Hallelujah. Anybody else that, that should come this morning? If God's dealing with you, don't just sit in your seat now and, and then leave and be unhappy and say, Why didn't I come? Why didn't I come? No. God loves you so much. I don't care what you, you, know, you might say, well, Brother Key, you don't know what I've done. Uh, I, yeah, and you don't know how powerful the blood is. Doesn't matter. That's why Jesus paid such a terrible price on the cross. Guys, we're so glad you're here. I'm going to pray for you. Like we said, God's going to hear us. And you're going to be changed today. Would you just close your eyes? Forget about everything and everybody except the Lord. The Lord Jesus. He's here. He's real.
The more you believe on him, the more he'll manifest himself to you. Father, I pray for these like we said we would. How you love them. You loved them before they were ever born. You loved them before they knew you or thought about coming to you. You knew they, they would want you. You knew they'd come back to you. They'd want your fullness. And so you watched over them, spared their life so many times. Got them to this place today. Thank you. You said that those that come to you like this drawn of the Father, no way would you refuse them or reject them. So we have your word that because they come believing, they are accepted in the Beloved. We act on your word confessing the Lordship of Jesus right now. Say this, confess this from the bottom of your heart. Everybody in the congregation, reaffirm your faith today. Say it out loud, Father God, I believe in you. I believe in your son Jesus, that he died on the cross, paid the full price for all my sins, every mistake, every failure he paid for. I believe you've raised him from the dead. He's alive right now, King of kings, Lord of lords, soon to come again. Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. Thank you for washing me, cleansing me, setting me free. Hallelujah. Put your hands up and thank Him by faith. Thank Him for hearing that prayer. Thank Him for doing for you what you couldn't do for yourself. What no other man could do for you except the man Christ Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Look at me if you would. Now listen, that's done. Never let anybody, including your own memory, anybody that knows you from the past, don't let anybody, including your own memories or thoughts, make you feel bad or guilty or ashamed about anything you've said or done up to today Because according to the word, it's gone. It's washed away. You stand before the Lord right now as clean as though you never made a mistake. That's not too good to be true. It's why Jesus paid such a terrible price on the cross. If you messed up tomorrow or next week or next month or next year, just hit your knees, admit it, ask the Lord to forgive you, believe he does, and you stand up clean just like you are right now. He loves you. We love you. Amen. You'll never be alone after today. Hallelujah. You got the whole family of God. You got us. Amen. This is not all. I want you uh, to go to a place of ministry just a few minutes if you would. Because some of you came to be filled with the Spirit. All of you need to be filled, overflowing, full of power, talking in tongues, just as wild and ready as the rest of us. (laughs) Nothing to be afraid of. Just all good. And I, I don't want this rushed. We have play, pe- people trained in this place to minister to you. Materials want to put in your hand free of charge. Would you turn to your right, everybody? Turn to your right. See this brother, Brother Dave, with his hand up. Follow him to this place of ministry. Please, take just a minute to go here. Everybody go. Follow him right now. Glory to God as we give thanks. Everybody stand up in the congregation and give thanks for these people coming. We're so glad you came. We're so thankful. Oh, praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord.
Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Reach your hands out this way. Sit out loud. Thank you, Lord. For these people. Letting them come here. And come to you. In Jesus' name. They are delivered. Out of the power of darkness. They're loosed. They're free. They'll never be the same again after today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Help them to receive fully, yield fully, deliver them, do far and beyond what they've asked or thought. We ask in Jesus' name. Now, we'll do some things for follow-up with these guys. Some of them may not live here, but especially if they live, we still follow up if they're halfway across the country. We'll call them and say, hey, uh, still saved, right? And, <laughs> and then we'll say, you know, are you in a good church? And encourage them. We're not pushing a particular church or particular denomination. We want people to be in a good church where they get fed. Amen? doesn't have to be this church. But if they are close around here and they are coming to this church, you, you help me, right? You love on them. Bless them. Minister to them. Show them they've got family. I, we, we can't do it all. Our staff can't do it all. Uh, we're not supposed to. Take them under your wing. I said take them under your wing. Show them the Christian ropes. Show them how this thing works. Take them out and feed them and, and buy them some clothes. and Do something nice for them. Love on them. Amen. I tell you, I get so thrilled when I hear these testimonies, and they just come in all the time. It makes Brother Keith happy. When I read and I hear that, that you blessed somebody, you took somebody and fed them and bought them some clothes and filled their car up with gas and washed their car and, and whatever it is you did, I've heard all kinds of things. You, you are practicing love. Amen. It's demonstrated in all these ways. Everybody say it one more time. I love God. With all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, all my strength. And I'll be with Him forever in love. Hallelujah. Glory to God.